You're listening to Dirty Feet, a podcast from No More Radio. Vous écoutez le podcast Dirty Feet sur les ondes de No More Radio. Hosted by, animé par, Alison Burns, J.D. Papillon, et Stéphanie Morin-Robert. Stay tuned. We're going to move you. Hello, Dirty Feet listeners, and welcome to the 98th episode of Dirty Feet. Uh, I am back here in Montreal, and uh, you've been listening to my voice all summer, so uh, you know that I've been around uh, uh, Western Canada doing a, a tour with uh, Stephanie Morin-Robert, our other co-host, and our guest co-host while we were on the road, Linnea Giviazda, doing the show For Body and Light. Uh, so... I am finally back in Montreal here, and you've also heard JD's voice all summer as he's been recording here with, with the help of our friends Tim Rodrigues, Pierre-Luc Brunet, and Jackie Lalonde, uh, who've been very generous in filling in and uh, spending some time helping out Dirty Feet uh, while we were away. So uh, you've listened to us both this summer, but this is the first time we're back together. So hi, JD. Hi. <laughs> how are you? I'm great. Uh, and if you're curious about how the tour went this summer, you're you're more than welcome to take a look at those past podcasts. We were recording episodes in Toronto, Saskatoon, Edmonton, Victoria, and Vancouver, where we covered the Fringe Festivals. And we had a few other interviews booked as well. And we recorded some really interesting podcasts with some awesome people. Uh, and those episodes will be released at a later date so you can get all the juicy details about what's happening in the dance scenes in places like Saskatoon and Victoria and uh, even over in Toronto. So some good stuff on its way. Let's get on to our subject at hand today. We're going to be speaking with Amy Blackmore, who's been a guest on the show before. Amy, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Cool. And Amy is, of course, the artistic and executive director of Mainline Theater, a theater here in Montreal on Saint Laurent, on the Main, as they say. Uh, and Amy has a has a, an extensive background, not only in theater but also in dance, and uh, is a jack of many trades and uh, has so much going on. Amy. Master of none. <laughs> <laughs> I think somebody would argue with that. Yeah. Absolutely. But uh, let's let's have a quick breakdown. I mean, like I said, you you have been on the show before so mm -hmm. people may have may or may not have known a little bit more about you coming into this episode but um you want to give us a rundown of who sure, you are yeah well hi <laughs> i mean uh, yeah i'm my my main sort of gig these days is i'm the executive and artistic director of mainline theater uh which means i get to run this amazing indie theater space on Celeron. uh i'm also Uh, Mainline produces the Montreal Fringe Festival, so I'm also the producer of that, and uh, I'm one of the founders and uh, producers and artistic directors of the Bouge DC Dance Festival. Um, I kind of like to get uh, my hands into everything, kind of busy these days, and uh, I also do a lot of choreography, you know, uh, little projects here and there, either on the competitive dance circuit or recreational dance scene or for film or for theater. Um, yeah. And I went to Concordia. I love Concordia dance. They're the best. I always like to just mention it because, I don't know, it was a good Not time. enough people do? I feel like not enough people do. Yeah. I think it's important to, you know, give respect, uh, give props to uh, the people who made you who you are in dance. But I'm so excited about this year in dance in Montreal. I feel like it's going to be pretty hot. 
And that's exactly what we're going to be speaking about uh, today and more specifically about the programming, the dance programming at Mainline Theatre. Because mm-hmm. even though you are a, a theatre, uh, there is a surprising amount of dance happening this year at your space. Totally. And it's, I think, something that's definitely evolved over time. You know, we used to be a theatre that served predominantly the English indie theater scene um, and over the years we've had more French come in uh, but also more dance and I think it's just a reflection of who's been hanging out at the space really um, you know with having Bouge you know I think Bouge has been at the theater for five years now which is kind of crazy and uh, just over time more and more dancers have shown up and wanted to be a part of it and I, that's why this year more than ever um I mean, we just have so much dance, it's unreal. Yeah, and you were talking before earlier about um, how things are repeating themselves, like like the Rocky Horror Show, which is coming back for the third year now in, yeah. in October. Do it's want- sort of becoming a bit of a tradition, you know, at Mainline now. And uh, the, the fun thing with Rocky Horror is uh, it, was, it used to actually be at a, at a different venue in town. And the whole idea behind putting on the musical, and that's what we're talking about, by the way. It's the musical. It's not the film. Uh, you go and there's a live band. There's huge musical theater numbers. Uh, all the actors are performing and singing and dancing. It's, it's, it's crazy. Um, but we, so, we sort of took the show on ourselves, and this will be the third year that we're uh, putting it on. And Mainline's actually producing it for the first time, which will be really exciting uh i'm sadly not choreographing as many numbers as i used to uh but i still get to do time warp (laughs) a bit of a tradition for me um but this year we also have holly uh greco uh, choreographing for that show as well as el diablo who's a burlesque performer in town so i think it'll be a nice little spicy fun dance experience that's one of the interesting things about your version of Rocky is that, I mean, for people who know the musical or the movie already, a lot of the songs and a lot of the dance numbers have very different vibes mm-hmm. to them. And one of the things that's really interesting with your approach is that you've decided to use a plethora of choreographers each year. And they've been interchanging or, you know, changing every year, mm-hmm. um, which sort of goes along with that that vibe of the original musical yeah well we like to keep it fresh you know and uh, like to switch it up and especially you know this is a production that we want to do every year so it's important to to bring something new to the table each time but also just for our performers it's you know a really interesting experience for them to get to work with so many different choreographers and I mean Rocky Sweet Transvestite it needs to be a very different number, right, mm-hmm. than uh, Time Warp. So it's fun, you know, like Holly's doing Sweet Transvestite, I'm doing Time Warp, and already we're seeing these two uh, contrasting styles side by side, you know, one after another in, in, in the piece, and it's, I think it's going to be kind of interesting and campy and fun and, you know, the way Rocky's supposed to be, right? Do we know who's going to be playing Rocky already? Not Rocky, but uh, Dr. Frank Furter? Yes, Antonio Bevero is coming back. For a third year in a row now, yeah. <laughs> so classic. He is so great. <laughs> Something a little closer to uh, the the kind of dance that we tend to talk about here on the on Dirty Feet is is the squat show that's coming up, which is actually a co presentation with uh, the Phenomena Festival. Yes, I've always admired the Phenomena Festival and always wanted it to take place at Mainline. I adore Dee Kim. You know, I think that she is such a uh, a passionate woman and deserves so much respect, such a great culture maker in the city. So I was so excited when Vanessa Busquet from Squat, uh, 
the company is called actually Atypique Collectif. She approached me in uh, the springtime with the idea of doing her site-specific dance piece with her company at Mainline. And immediately, you know, we jumped on board and uh, went. we went through this sort of big process of, you know, trying to secure money from different places. Not everything always works out. It's sort of how it is. Uh, so Mainline decided in the end to... Uh, have the show at Mainline, but also to support the company by offering them a small residency. So they've been coming in uh, once uh, once every two weeks to do a big rehearsal in the space because, like I mentioned, the work is site-specific, so it sort of needs a bit of that. Um, we sort of just offer them the space. They come in. They do their thing. And uh, that's going to take place October 17th to 19th. Uh, in the main space, but also in the lobby. Um, I have a feeling they're going to use some of the smaller rooms at Mainline, too. Someone asked me if they could use my office, and <laughs> I told them maybe I'd think about it. <laughs> One thing that's important to mention also is that it's a typical collective in collaboration with Dans Son Salon. Exactly. For, for people who might know both companies individually, they're also, they've been uh, working together. They first did a version of Squad. Uh, at um, as part of uh, the Zonoma Festival last summer, mm -hmm. last year. And now they're bringing this back with a more developed version. Uh, did they talk to you about how they wanted to bring it somewhere from from what they've done already in the past with Squat? I think the, the interesting thing for them is how when you're doing a site-specific piece um, and you're remounting it or doing it again, what do you leave behind and what do you take with you? So what do you leave in that original space? What movement comes from that space and is inspired by that architecture? And what movement really belongs in the work? And that's sort of what they're trying to figure out right now as they're rehearsing at Mainline. You know, it's like, where where do we do this? Where do we do that? Or, oh, should we even bother? And um, that it's been sort of interesting. I watching them sort of do that in rehearsal sometimes I peek my head in or poke my head in but that seems to be the, the real thing and you know it's kind of fun there's so many more opportunities now than I think there were like let's say five years ago for uh, young choreographers or companies to do their work over and over again so it's kind of fun to get to see a group like Atypique Collective do something like this go from Zone Homa to Mainline you know like what's next? Uh, on the note of, of having artists in uh, using the space uh, uh, on residency, um, Stephanie Morin-Robert, our co-host, uh, was actually your artist in residence last year mm -hmm. and uh, also incorporated a lot of dance in the show that she ended up producing, uh, me, myself, and I, for, for Mainline Theatre. Is this a direction that you're interested in going in, more having um, dance artists in residence? Definitely. You know, I think that... We're a theater that is able to support uh, many different kinds of disciplines. And uh, my sort of goal is to have at least two companies come in uh, for residencies a year. But it's starting to already look like we might have five this year, uh, just because I've gotten so excited about everything. Um, so, you know, we have Atypique Collective in right now. Uh I can't really kind of get into the details of the other ones, but I, I think that you'll see another dance company in the spring. Can you name names? No, not yet. Not uh, yet. Oh, it's all secret. We'll be waiting for the scoop. <laughs> Perhaps uh, we can talk a bit about the, the space that is available um, and that people are using for these residencies. Yeah, well, um, we have two spaces at Mainline. We have our main space, which is a big theater 
I say big theater, but it's bigger than the other one. <laughs> it's a 102-seater theater that's in the round with audience on all three sizes. Uh, it's available for shows. Uh, it's not great for rehearsals, but it's definitely an interesting room to put on a dance show in because it's in the round. Um, but the space that's really in demand right now, uh, more and more I'm finding them within the dance community is our mini main studio, which is a black box studio uh, that has a decent size stage, you know, 18 by 24. Um, and it's available for $10 an hour. And it's a very basic room. Uh, we have, you know, like a concrete floor that's covered in masonite, which makes it acceptable for dance. You know, I think that the dream that, that I have and that we want to do, which I don't know. Let's all cross our fingers. Maybe within a year, I'd love to have a dance floor in that room. Um, but, you know, if you're looking for a space for some last minute rehearsals or just to kind of walk through some work, it's definitely ideal for that kind of thing. And there is a, a lot of more details on the website, mainlinetheater.ca. Got like your technical specs and all the rest if somebody's thinking of uh, hosting a show there. And, you know, we also... This season at Mainline, we're pretty much booked up for most of it. Uh, but, you know, I'll be booking next season pretty quickly. You know, I think uh, starting in February, I'll be looking at what we want to do. And the way that we work is that, you know, we're sort of a, a curated art house. So um, if anybody's interested in presenting work, they just need to get in touch with me at info at mainlinetheater.ca. And uh, sometimes we do presentations or we produce work or we co-present or we support through residencies. But, you know, mainly we're a charity uh, and on paper we're a charity too uh, so if ever you want to donate you can and I'll give you a tax receipt I always like to put that in <laughs> but we are a charity um, and our mandate uh, part of our mandate is to have affordable rehearsal space and uh, affordable rates t- uh, to rent to put on a show so you know you'll find we're one of the cheapest places in the city Great. Uh, another set of events that I would love to discuss, uh, of course, I would love this, is uh, Bouge DC. And perhaps we can just start with uh, the first upcoming Bouge DC event, which is just uh, a psych I set this Friday to kind of say, hey, remember us, we're coming back. Oh, I'm so excited. And this is sort of the news of the year for me, is that Bouge DC is now going to be produced by Mainline Theatre. We decided to get together to collaborate more, share resources, um, to sort of, uh, you know, streamline what we do and, and try to get better at it. So this Friday at Mainline, we're having a, hosting a Seneca set for dancers, choreographers, collaborators, uh, you know, anybody who wants to come, you're welcome to come hang out with us, uh, meet the people who do Bush DC, uh, who work at Mainline, and to sort of meet your fellow community, you know, and we're going to hang out. I'm kind of, I'm really looking forward to see sort of who comes out and how that's going to shape up. And are you going to have any, like, type of countdown events like stuff that's going to be happening surrounding Bush DC before the festival takes place? Yeah, well, we'll definitely be doing a program launch for Bush DC uh, later in the season. Uh, at the moment, we're focused more on our applications. Uh, applications are already available on our website. Uh, so this is applications, of course, for our main show, our kind of flagship show, uh, Les Basques Common Space. And uh, so they're actually due quite quickly, too. They're 
due on October 10th uh, before 6 p.m. And we're kind of really excited to see who applies. And, uh, you know, I think once we take care of that, we'll plan the rest. <laughs> I think it would be important to talk about who could or should apply for Bush DC for people who might not know, who might be hearing about Bush DC for the first time. Uh, there is one aspect of Bush which is particularly interesting, I find, for choreographers and which you know should actually get people more interested if they don't want to create anything new uh before bush dc the point of the festival is to remount a work and rework it and could you tell us a bit more about that sure well you know work is never finished right <laughs> it doesn't matter how many times you show a piece you can always there's always more you want to dig into and uh so the way that l'espace common space works is that uh choreographers dance makers or even people just transitioning into dance from other art forms are encouraged to apply with a, a work that has a history of presentation uh It, it should be roughly around 10 minutes long. And the idea is that um, they want to uh, they want to either g dig further, develop something new, uh, take it in a different direction. You know, the idea is really we want we're looking for people who want to evolve their work. Uh, and then what we do is we select around eight to 10 Um, choreographers or dance makers depending on the year and we partner them with mentors uh, who are professional artists from the community um, and they commit you know a minimum of six to eight hours with the choreographers and uh, dancers to, to try and help them reach those goals and to try to sort of give them the right tips and the right advice and I mean we're so lucky we've had amazing mentors over the years um, you know we've had Kelly Keenan uh, Jacques Brochu Uh, you know, uh, the late Ken Roy has been in. Uh, oh my gosh, there's so many. Tim Rodriguez, Laura Kramer, you know. Uh, and it's, um, it's been kind of really nice. And then what ends up happening in the end is we've had all these great, uh, great people get to meet each other for the first time, get to work together. And, uh, And then the show it takes place as part of the festival uh, compilation performance. And it's, you know, even if you're not really interested in knowing about process and dance and all those amazing things that, you know, some of us really geek out on sometimes. What I really like about the show is I find that it generally is a show that can appeal to all kind of audiences. There's something in there for everyone. We try to really have a variety of styles of contemporary dance in there. Um, so it ends up being kind of fun. And one other thing to mention about Bougie C, um, which also will be taking place at Mainline, I would guess, is that there's a lot of satellite events uh, going with the festival. So it's not just a common space show. There's free classes that are being offered, free workshops. There's um, the, the cabaret at the end of the festival. Cabaret Bouge DC is there's, the best. There's a lot of things. So if you could tell <laughs> us a bit more about everything, because festival, the, the Bouge DC is really a festival. It's not just one totally, event, one show. Totally. Well, you know, programming for this year's festival isn't totally complete, but, you know, we're definitely going to have uh, a couple kickoff events earlier in the festival. We will definitely be closing with the famous Cabaret Bouge DC and closing night dance party. You know, it's, that's definitely become a tradition. And man, I remember last year, uh, Helen Samard having like 21 dancers on stage for 21 Angus Young. It totally blew my mind. Like, you know, and I like to think that Cabaret is, is a place where we get work that just has like this amazing high energy and, and, uh, different kind of people out. Um, I'm curious to see what we do do this year, you know, uh, for, 
for many years now, all of our uh, performances have taken place at Mainline Theatre. And, uh, you know, I'd be curious to see us challenge ourselves to start doing some things outside of that space, you know. Where else in Montreal can dance take place in perhaps a unconventional context or space? You know, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what we come up with for that. Will there be opportunities for people who are interested in presenting works as part of the festival in different contexts to apply as such? Yes. And, you know, the thing to do would be definitely to find us on Facebook, uh, Bouge d'ici, either as a fan page or a person. Uh, and then you can also um, go to our website, bougedc.com. We're going to be putting updates, you know, one thing just off the top of my head, I can mention is that we're doing uh, Cine Danse again this year. So uh, anyone who has a short dance film who wants to apply uh, is welcome to. And it doesn't need to be a film that's just like a dance piece on film. It can be a film that touches dance, even as a subject matter uh, or content. Uh, everyone's sort of welcome to apply for that. And then, uh, yeah, the other opportunities will be on the website. So once everybody's uh, finished scrambling and, and, and putting together their, their applications for uh, Bush DC events. It's a time of year for that, eh? Uh, there's also another call for applications that you have put out for the next edition of the Fringe Festival, which is crazy because we just wrapped up this, uh, this Fringe, <laughs> but there you go. I know, and it's going to be the 25th anniversary of the Fringe. I'm so, I mean, it's so funny. I always say I'm so excited, <laughs> but I really am. I'm I'm the most excited for this Fringe Festival. Fringe is sort of my reason to live, and uh, you know, it's sort of. Last year we had a yeah. Last year we had a, like a bee on the poster uh, or a wasp bee, depends on your interpretation of animals. But uh, that kind of came from this idea of the fringe buzz and la piqûre fringe that you get. Um, but yes, sorry, my rambles about the fringe will stop. Um, but uh, the call for our submissions is open. The way it works at the fringe is we have a, quite a strict mandate with programming. There's sort of four main points to it. And every fringe in Canada, uh, in order to be called a fringe, uh, you have to follow these four points. So, uh, so the first one is that the festival is programmed by lottery or first come, first accepted. Uh, we, ours is mainly lottery. Um, we do have some different things that we do by first come, first accepted. Um, The second point of the mandate is that as a festival, we're not allowed to put any censorship or any guidelines on any of the work. So artists are completely free to do whatever they want within the law, of course. Uh, point number three is that um, artists must uh, be able to keep 100% of their ticketed uh, box office price. So they get all the money that you spend on their show. Um, and it's affordable for them to be in the festival. So if you want to be in the festival, you apply, let's say you get in the lottery, you know, you'll probably pay if it's for an hour long show, um, a little over $600 to put on your show in a venue that we build uh, or that we've rented. We supply you with a technician, give you six performances and the structure of the festival behind you to support you. So that's sort of that idea. And then the final point is that ticket prices um, have to remain affordable for audiences um, and accessible uh, for them to come out. So at our festival, tickets are $10 or less and with service charges, you know, it's like $12 or less. So um, we do accept all kinds of artists. It can be dance, theater, music, puppetry. A guy read a phone book one year on stage. Um, 
you kind of get a bit of everything. Um, the deadline you'll apply for that is going to be on November 14th at 6 p.m. And uh, all the information is on our website, montrealfringe.ca. And having gone across uh, the country and seen a couple different fringe festivals, it is evident that, that there is not a ton of dance in other cities, but there is there is here. And that's that's cool. There really is. Montreal is such a happening dance city. And uh, I think that's why we end up, I mean, because it happens by accident every year that there's so much dance, right? Because we do, a, it's a program by lottery. We don't seek out dancers. It just kind of happens. Um, again, I think it's just a nice reflection of the kind of city we live in. Well, also for the community, the commun- the dance community in Montreal has become aware of the the possible success that can come from presenting at a fringe. Mm-hmm. Like Sarah Bronsard, uh, who was with us um, a few months ago, uh, that, who was presenting as part of the, the Montreal tour, I don't remember the name, Bandes International, if I remember correctly, uh, actually presented that piece at the fringe. And mm-hmm. then she was asked by Tangent to present to present it as part of Bande so she got to travel the world with that piece. So there, and there's a lot of other examples like that. I'm sure you could name a few of people who first presented their works at the Fringe and got to present it again in other venues and other cities. All of that. Sure, certainly. And uh, just about Sarah, she actually won the Cirque du Soleil Award that year at the Fringe. And uh, which gave her, I think, a thousand dollars towards her work, which is pretty incredible uh, as a prize. Yeah, there's lots of choreographers who either got their start at the fringe or just sort of use it as a stepping stone. You know, Lara Kramer a couple of years ago, I remember her her participating um, with one of her first uh, works by herself that she did. Um, but even looking at people like Fred Gravel has done the fringe or Dave Saint Pierre. Uh, you know, I remember him doing the fringe like I think ten years ago and. Uh, performing at our Fringe for All event and having like, you know, 12 guys storm the stage and just kind of stand there naked for two minutes. And this was sort of the beginning of his statement. Everybody's like, who is this guy? Like, who is this guy? Um, And then, you know, even uh, uh, it's sort of a nice story that I like to tell uh, is uh, I went to go see uh, a show at Place des Arts, I believe last year. Uh, It was Azure Barton. She was in town and showing her work as part of Dance Dance and uh, you know I, I really res- admire her as a choreographer and respect her work and I open up the program and there's this little paragraph in the program that says thank you to the uh, Cinebois Montreal Fringe for allowing me to show my work because in 2001 she did her first piece at uh, at the May as a part of the festival and it really was her tremplin into starting her company it was the first Azure and Artist show and every now and then I see um, some old school fringers walking around with their Azure and Artist t-shirts that they bought that year and it just kind of warms my heart you know to think that um, that the fringe can be a part of that and it's you know across Canada the fringe is definitely the first place that theater practitioners will put on their work at or participate at or in and I think that we're it's really we're starting to see that in Montreal now for dance Um, and it's kind of nice also, another event that um, that is very much dance, uh, even though the name would indicate otherwise, uh, is the is Karen Fennell's pretty new event. It's been going on for what six months now. About it started yeah. about six months ago. She launched it at uh, the Bouche Dance Festival last oh, okay. year, actually. So almost a year now already. Yeah. But for people who might not know about it, it's called "So You Think That Was Dance," and it's. Um, 
Well, why don't you tell us about it? I'm sure you could do it more justice than I could. <laughs> well, you're, you're eloquent. I think you could too. Uh, so you think that was dance comes from the awesome brain of Karen, uh, Fennell. Uh, what she does is she does a call for submissions, uh, to choreographers and dance makers to, uh, submit their work. And she usually picks around six to eight to participate in the event. And the idea is to show works in progress, works that challenge what you might think dance is or isn't uh and to sort of again come up with another you know i hate to say but and i love it at the same time but for another excuse for us to get for us to get together to talk about dance to talk about uh what our limits are what the boundaries are you know uh i mean the title kind of says it all and she hosts the event it's very uh casual and relaxed it usually takes place in our mini main venue which is you know small 45 seater and uh it's going to be bi-monthly, actually, which is kind of cool. The next one's going to take place in November. And then, you know, we'll probably see back at Bouge and, uh, and that kind of thing. Is there anything you want to talk about that is not mainline related, but is dance related that's coming up in the next year for you? For me? For moi? Who are you excited to see perform? Oh. Dirty Feet wants to know. <laughs> oh, what am I excited about? It's so hard to, I don't know. Are you going to subpoena? No. What? I know. And you know, I actually remember a year ago, it was probably about a year ago, sitting with, you know, Miss Allison Burns, who's sitting across from me right now. And uh, I can't remember what we were doing. Maybe we were at a party or something or just talking. Likely. Likely. And she whips out her phone and like we're in the middle of having a conversation and she's like, you know, and she's like, oh, 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 wait, no, 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 wait, wait, just, just guys, wait, give me a couple minutes. And then she kind of just disappeared and came back and was like, I have PETA tickets. Like, she just bought them all of a sudden on her phone. And then all of a sudden, all my friends are doing this. My friend, I think Heather did it and other people. And, you know, I yet again have been left without tickets because I don't have a credit card, guys. Like, I can't buy anything in advance. It's not accessible to me. That's my complaint of the year. I'm sure they'll come back. I'm sure they'll come back. No. I'm excited for that. You know, I think I've, I'm making it a mission of mine to watch more dance on film this year. Mm. Um, I'm really excited about that. You know, I'm going to finally order One Flat Thing. You can do that online. Um, I did loan somebody. I have like a body remix on DVD, but I loaned it to someone. Whoever you are out there. I can't remember who you are. Please bring it back. back. Yeah. She needs her dancers on crutches and... Yeah, yeah. Is it I, you? I have that DVD. You yeah. have it. Can I have it back? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> that um, was not planned. No, it wasn't. <laughs> you know, and um, I mean, I want to see the Pina film again. And, you know, it's, uh, it's fall, right? So I know that I should be encouraging everybody to go outside and go see some shows. But I'm feeling like I might spend a couple weeks indoors uh, with some popcorn. Fall's also a time for nesting. That's true. That's true. While we're on the subject, I've recently watched Dancing Dreams, which is a documentary about Pina Bausch. It's when she brought one of her works to the students and 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 basically uh, taught them how to perform it along with two of the original performers of the work. And it was an incredible documentary. Was it Contact Off? Or? Yes, it was. 
But yeah, I, I'm wondering, you know, about all the work coming up this fall. Fall is such a busy time for arts and culture in this city. It's like, you know, everybody's just come down from festival season and we're about to all sort of get up again and go crazy. Um, I'd love to know anybody out there who I know, come tell me what I need to go see this year. You just need to stay tuned to Dirty Feet and then you're going to find out. You are right. Are you guys going to be celebrating at your 100th episode coming up in two weeks? Oh, we got we to gotta figure that out. Got to get you a birthday That's coming cake. in two weeks, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe Vachon cakes. You know, those tiny little Vachon cakes with the candle in it. I love Vachon. If you're from Quebec, you probably love Vachon. Yeah. There's a big cultural identity there. <laughs> this is kind of falling apart. I think it's probably ready to wrap up this episode. Uh, Amy Blackmore from Mainline Theatre, thank you so much for joining us and telling us all about uh, what to expect this year in dance at Mainline. Thank you and for again, having me. Oh, always excited. Our pleasure. Again, everyone can check out mainlinetheatre.ca for further details on the upcoming shows, on the different things you can be applying to, and uh, all the rest, and renting some space maybe. There we go. Thanks very much. Dirty Feet is recorded every week at the Montreal Improv Theatre. Check them out at montrealimprov.com. Dirty Feet est produit et animé par Produced and hosted by Alison Burns J.D. Papillon et Stéphanie Moret-Robert. You can find out more about our show at nomoreradio.com Follow us on Twitter at Dirty Dirty Feet and find us on Facebook at Dirty Feet Podcast. Vous pouvez écouter tous nos épisodes sur notre site web ou vous pouvez vous abonner également sur iTunes à notre podcast. Listen to past episodes on website or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. While you're there, be sure to give us a rating and or leave a comment to help us spread the word. Tune in next week for a whole new show.